It's time to swarm the 402. Welcome to the Nebraska Hawksmith. These guys are brave. They're Hawkeyes living in enemy territory. Listen, these guys are way past their point. But they're still Hawkeyes. They're spreading the Hawkeye hype to all of Nebraska. The Frost Advisory is canceled. Corn Husker, more like Corn Sucker. Are you ready for this podcast? Let's go! All right, welcome back to the Nebraska Hawksness, your Hawkeye oasis located in a Nebraska desert. We are jacked. We are joined here today by former Iowa Hawkeyes tight end Jake Doozy. Mr. Doozy, how's it going, man? It's great. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Uh, is it already dark where you're at right now? Like that window looks like it's dark outside. It's pitch black out. Yep. Good night. Well, you're are you're in Eastern time zone, aren't you? Yeah, I'm up in like northern Michigan right now. So it's uh yeah okay. it's nighttime. Okay, so catch Hawkeye fans up. You were a fan favorite when you were here. Hawkeye fans always, you know, tailgates and talking. They'll always be like, I wonder what so and so's up to now. And you know, it oddly enough at the last tailgate, somebody was like, Has anyone heard about Doozy? Like, what's he up to now? Like, how's he doing? So catch all the Hawkeye fans up to like what's what's going on with you now professionally, personally. And, you know, you see, it sounds like you're living in Michigan now. So we're going to be playing those guys here this weekend in the Big Ten Championship. So I don't know, you might be catching some heat on that. Oh, yeah. I, I'm already hearing it from everybody. So I'm looking for a, a good Hawkeye victory. Come on Saturday. Heck um, yeah. But yeah, man, I'm uh, back in Michigan, kind of close to where I grew up. Uh, I got married to my wife about two and a half years ago. Um, Working for Striker, selling medical devices. Um, so I work. I, I think you had Dom on here. So I work in the same yeah. division that Dom works in. Okay. Um, a couple He's other awesome. guys, John Laudermilk. Um, so yeah, doing that. Um, I'm actually I'm playing hooky from work tomorrow. I'm going fishing. That's why I'm up north. So nice, <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, things are going well. My, mo- my wife and I just bought a house a couple weeks ago. So just moving in and getting all that ready to go. All right. So with you going fishing, I'm guessing you're, are you a pretty avid fisherman? Yep. Okay. So for a bit, for a beginner, I have a pretty large size pond in my backyard. Um, A lot of small and large mouth bass in there. Uh, What would you, and a little bit of catfish, what would, what would be some of the first like, you know, entry level tips for a fisherman to have good luck? What kind of tips would you give them? (laughs) um so my favorite thing if i go to a place that i've never fished before and i'm looking for bass and i know that there's some in there throw a wacky worm out there okay um and like if there's fish there they'll eat it so okay 
Uh, okay. Try that out. There's a ton of YouTube videos about it, but that's always my go-to. Okay. So it's a wacky worm, like one of those fake worms you can buy at a bait shop? Yep. So I okay. honestly don't even know the name of the brand I get, but there's like, uh, I think it's a Gary Yamamoto. It's just okay. like this little green Senko worm that you okay. can under your hook. Yeah. I get so frustrated because like I'll go out there and there'll be days where it's like I can't keep the line in the water for more than a minute and I get a bite. And then there's days where I, I'll be out there for two hours, which is nice because it's beautiful out and you get to hang outside but and, and have some beers. But I don't even get a nibble and yes. I get so pissed off. But the um, a, a while back, I need to tell you this story and I'll stop bugging you about fishing. I caught a fish and we had a flood here like years and years ago. So some odd fish are in there and I pulled this fish about three fourths of the way out and my kids screamed. They thought it was a swordfish, but it was a gar. <laughs> Have you ever seen one of those things? Really? In Nebraska? Yes. It wow. came out of the river and like flooded into here. And I, we have a couple of guards. Those things are nasty. Yeah, man. Those are ugly fish, but Oh my gosh. Well, I'm he sure was they're strong. Fun to catch. He broke the line, so yeah, I wasn't I able to that. get him in. So I was frustrated about that. But every time I got there, I'm like, I want to catch that damn gar. And I've, I've, ne- I've never battled with him since, so I, yeah. I, I, I want another shot at him. <laughs> All right, Jake, tell us about your recruitment process out of high school. Um, you know, I, it, it looked like you had a lot of, like, you know, Mac – type schools after you know, like Cincinnati was knocking a little bit. Um, walk us through that process. Who was recruiting you from Iowa and what your impressions were of the University of Iowa football program? Yeah. Um, so I went to a high school that wasn't really well known for sports. I, th- I think I won like eight games my whole high school career in football. Oh. Um, but I had an awesome head coach. Um, he had played at um, – Ferris State I'm in college and his dad actually played at the University of Iowa so um, you know he was a huge help in getting me looked at all that kind of stuff and he actually mentioned to me one day he's like hey let's go out and um, do a camp at Iowa it was like they're I don't even remember what it was but I was a junior Um, so we went out there um, just for a day camp and like you said I didn't have a ton of offers but um, you know, the places that I went to camps, I ended up getting offers like Michigan State and Oregon and Cincinnati. And then, okay. Uh, the same thing. Went out to Iowa. Um, Phil Parker was the one that was recruiting me, who's an awesome guy. I mean, my family has always loved him. Um, and he's always been great to me. Um, but yeah, got an offer after that. And then uh, it ended up coming down to them, Michigan State and Oregon. Okay. Um, Oregon was a little far away. I was mama's boy. I wanted my mom to come to the games. Um, Michigan State, just, you know, they talked about putting me at defensive end or something and wasn't really feeling it. Wanted to get out of Michigan and ended up at Iowa. But, um, yeah, from day one, loved it. I mean, like I said, my high school coach's dad played there in, like, the 60s. Okay. Fans. um, And, I mean, everything I heard and saw about the program and, and Coach Ferentz was, you know, exactly what I wanted. All right, Jake. So talking about your Michigan roots right now, like it it would be terrible if we didn't talk about like how much crap are you getting with us playing the Wolverines this weekend in the Big Ten Championship? So I'm going. I bought my tickets. Mike, I I couldn't miss it. Like I would be sitting here depressed if I wasn't able to see the Hawks play. What kind of messages are you getting from people out there? Are they on your case pretty bad? 
Oh yeah, everyone's telling me that Hawks are going to lose, and you know, it's Michigan's game to win, and and whatever. Okay. So, I would love a, a Hawks victory, and I can I can put it to all these people that are talking to me every day. I mean, just when I walk in, I saw I sell medical devices, so like I walked into a hospital today, and I had three people and be like, "Oh, go Michigan, Hawks suck." I was like, "All right, that's enough." So, oh, it, it yeah. should be a good Saturday. You know, honestly, though, their fans are pretty cool. Like, I've tailgated with about every set of Big Ten fans in the country you can. And they're pretty cool. Like, if you go up to Michigan and you go to a game there, you typically don't have to buy a beer. Like, they're usually good people. So, um, never had any issues with Michigan fans. They're pretty cool. So, um, But we did, a couple Hawkeye fans we were talking to today, we told them that we were going to be interviewing you. And they want an official prediction from you from the big 10 championship a guy that's been there and i you were hurt for that game but you've been there in that environment um first thing what's your prediction on the score of how it's going to go and then also we really want you to kind of walk us through what that atmosphere and environment is like i mean you you're on the sidelines you know you saw everything up close um you got to live it uh tell us a little bit about what that was like after your prediction yeah, um, I think it's going to be, uh, like I'm sure everyone's saying, a defensive battle. But I'm going to go Hawks win uh, 21-17. Okay, so okay. We're going to have a big – got to do something special teams-wise. Uh, okay. Coach Woods, I'm sure, will pull, pull something out. And, you know, they always step up. So, oh, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, Indy, it's, it's an awesome atmosphere. I mean, like – when you're getting recruited and you're playing college ball, like that's, I mean, that's what you dream about, right? Going to yeah. the big championship in Indy. Um, and when you're finally there, I mean, just rolling up to Indy. Um, it's just an awesome experience. I, I hope the kids and the guys that are on the team, I mean, they just live it up. Um, it's going to be over quicker than they know it. But uh, yeah, something that, I mean, obviously they're never going to, hopefully they do it again in the next couple of years, but yeah. Usually it's something that comes around, you know, once in their career. And um, it's just, it's honestly almost unexplainable. It's just, it's what you dream about, right? Yeah, this is going to sound really cheesy, but I'm going to be just straight with you. Um, been a Hawk fan since I can remember. And uh, since I was in diapers. And when you guys started to walk out of that tunnel and they played the intro video for you guys to come out, like I got emotional. I was like, this is so badass. Like, uh, let's go. You know, I was I was pretty pumped. So and it was yeah. we did we didn't end up getting the win, but damn what a good game that was. Yeah, it was a nail biter all the way till the end. And I still have buddies that, you know, send me that video of that whoever the running back was, like getting that much over the line. <laughs> you, you didn't hear much from him after that. Like I don't remember ever hearing about that guy after that, but no. Not and it's really. like he's just dangling that ball like right there over the line. And it's like somebody knocked the damn thing out of his hands and it just didn't happen. So, yeah. Oh, you win some, you lose some. Hopefully we get the win this Saturday, though. Um, all right, Jake, you mentioned uh, reference LeVar Woods. And he is a phenomenal coach, a great guy. Um, really starting to get a little bit of like um, low-level buzz for potential you know, head coaching career someday. Uh, tell us what you know about Coach Woods and what type of guy and what type of coach he is. Yeah. Um, you know, like you said, unfortunately, like my senior year when he coached the tight ends, I was hurt and didn't really get to to play for him. But, I mean, I was in meetings with him for a full year. Um, you know, he's the one that got me set up 
with the physical therapist that kind of try to get me back into the game and all that kind of stuff out in Arizona. Um, and like, I, I still got a text from him on Thanksgiving this year, just, you know, saying he appreciates everything I've done for him and, you know, getting the opportunity wow. to coach me and all that kind of stuff. So just a great guy. Um, awesome coach. He knows the game in and out, like, like no one I've ever met. Um, and he's just fun guy to play with uh, or play for. And again, I, I didn't get a chance to play that much for him, but like the guys just loved it day in and day out coming into meetings. You know, he was always in a good mood, always up tempo. Um, no matter what was going on, it was, you know, upbeat. You know, that's like the epitome of class. Like the guy's still sending you a text message on Thanksgiving. Like yeah. that's pretty thoughtful. Like if you're yeah, recruiting, they're coming they're out, you want to play, they play the corn huskers, you know? Oh so, man. It was pretty cool. That, that is cool. Now I want to ask you about them too. The Nebraska Cornhuskers. We were we were able to put a nineteen to zero fourth quarter stomping on them this year, which was wonderful. I was sweating bullets on that one. I didn't know if we were going to pull that one out. It wasn't looking too promising. Um, but you were able to be a big part of getting that monkey off of our back. You were a part of that team um, when we were able to beat them. What was that feeling like in the locker room? You know, bringing that Heroes Game trophy in and getting that win against those guys. I, you know, it was always awesome. And, um, you know, once we started playing those guys, you aren't really sure what to expect, what kind of like rivalry it would turn into. Um, but, uh, you know, it was always fun. I love that stadium. I don't know why I enjoy playing there. Um, but it's always seems to be a good game, you know, tempers flare a little bit, but it, it usually stays pretty, pretty good throughout the game. And, yeah. Um, and I think it's ended up, going to be a great robbery here moving forward it's it's been developing uh, a lot more i can tell you just as a, a hawkeye living in nebraska it um it, it's getting a little bit like especially the first three quarters of that game the fans were ravenous there was blood in the water and they were like we're finally gonna get the hawkeyes and they were so excited so um, well, hopefully they got to wait a little bit longer i i hope so hopefully never or it'll happen someday but you know hopefully not for our <laughs> for quite a long time um yeah. wanted to move into talking about um a little bit about your uh your career after the Hawkeyes uh we might bounce around a little bit here um you had a little bit of an opportunity I believe as the American Alliance of Football that they um got going uh tell us about um how you got involved in that and what that process looked like yeah um so after I graduated, I obviously tore my patella tendon again at the end, like in the Rose Bowl. Um, and after that, it was kind of like, okay, well, what's going to happen now? Like, <laughs> I got my degree. I still want to play football. Like, what do I do? Um, and that's actually when like LeVar is the one that, you know, he's like, you know, you got one shot at this. Let's see what happens. Um, you know, I'll help you out. Who knows what's going to happen with your knee, anything like that. So I was like, screw it. You know, I got. 40 years to work. So let's see, let's see what happens with football. And, you know, he sent me out to Arizona with this physical therapist and, and did that stuff and, you know, get by, got back in shape and came back and did pro day, all that kind of stuff. And ended up, I don't know if many people know this, but I pulled my quad around my 40 at the pro day. Okay. Um, so um, after that, it was like another couple months and then I had a couple workouts um, you know, went to Green Bay, Detroit, that kind of stuff. And like, just didn't really hear a whole lot after that. Um, you know, I got a couple x-rays and an MRI on my knee. I don't know if that 
I kind of swirled around the NFL or, or whatnot. Um, but anyway, like somehow, you know, um, they just like called me one day. They're like, Hey, you still working out? And I was still staying in shape. I, and I had a job. Um, I was actually a financial advisor and I was looking for something new to do. I was actually interviewing for my job right now with striker. Okay. And then they're like, well, you know, we kind of want to draft you. And I'm like, okay, like I, I'd be down to play. I, mean, I got nothing else to do. Um, I don't like my job. I'm looking for a new one. Um, but I got drafted. And then the next day I got offered my current job with striker. Um, so it was like, okay, uh, what do I do now? Uh, like, you know, getting married, all that kind of stuff. So at that point I was like, let's just, call it quits and stay in shape, but are going to hang up the cleats. And um, yeah, that's how my job with striker came about. Well, I mean, that, that, that makes sense. You got to do the responsible thing, you know, or, <laughs> you know, getting married and everything like that. So totally yeah. get it. I'm sure the the wife was supportive of that decision as well. Um, so you've been a part of that great tight end lineage at Iowa and so we're going to put you on the spot here. So we've had some people tell us, like, I want to, I want you to ask Jake this. Tell us what he says. So hypothetically, you're the head coach of the University of Iowa, Jake. You got Dallas Clark, George Kittle, mm. TJ Hawkinson, and Noah Fant, and Sam Laporta all sitting on the bench. These are all the firepower you got. Mm-hmm. You got to make a play. You got to get a first down, okay? You got 10 yards. Who are you putting in there? Oh, man. I'm going to have to go with – who just – you said Dallas Clark, George. Who was the third one? TJ Hawkinson. Okay. Noah Fant and Sam Laporta. All right. So I'm going to have to go with Dallas Clark because he's obviously an Iowa legend. And then George yeah. because he's the only other guy that I played with. Okay. Um, and then maybe throw – Hawkinson in there putting Noah Fant at uh, running back, a little 13 okay. personnel. Okay. Um, yeah, just get the big boys in there. So uh, tell us about George. Um, he's uh, I, The guy's just blown up, especially since he left Iowa, just with his outgoing personality, his love for professional wrestling. He's just, uh, I don't know, he just draws attention. And I don't even think he means to because he's such a genuine dude with so much energy and passion. What What's George like? Yeah. I mean, what you see is what you get. Like, <laughs> I don't think he puts a show on for anybody. I mean, that that's how he is day in and day out. I mean, the guy's got unlimited energy um, and that's how he was in meetings every day. You know, it's, you know, he wasn't obviously to the point he is now. He, he put on some weight. I think he even got faster than he used to be. Um, but the dude just always ran around full speed. And I, I don't know how that guy does it day in and day out. It's fun. Oh, yeah, he's awesome. It's just, I don't know if you ever got to see that Kingsford uh, uh, commercial with him and um, TJ. Did you ever see that? I saw that. Yeah. I was just watching. T- I don't know if I was watching TV or it pulled up on my computer, but I'm like, oh, what is this? Like, George, <laughs> what are you doing, man? It, it was. It was awesome, and it was cool that he brought TJ with too. So they got to keep yeah. the whole tight end U crew together, and so and that's freaking awesome. Um, yeah, want to go sure. back just a little bit. Uh, you referenced a little bit going to the Rose Bowl. Um, one of the high points in the last 
either 10 to 15 years of Iowa football uh, going to Pasadena. Tell us about what that trip was like, uh, the preparation for Stanford and what it was like uh, in practice, behind the scenes, you know, traveling, being in Pasadena, the whole package for an Iowa football player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, again, going back to a child's dream, you know, we always grew up in the Rose Bowl was like the Big Ten championship. Like whoever won the Big Ten went to the Rose Bowl, you know. So yeah, and I grew up a Michigan fan, and, and I was wa- always watching the Big Ten, and you know that's the Mac Daddy of them all, right? So yeah, you finally get the chance to go there, and, um, and obviously it wasn't the outcome that we had hoped for that game, but you know the experience, like you said, just getting prepared, knowing you're going to play at such like a historical game and historical places. Uh, it's it's pretty awesome. It was an awesome experience too as a fan, except um as soon as uh Stanford threw that first pass to Christian McCaffrey up the middle and he was gone. <laughs> and I was like, son of a bee. Oh my gosh. Like that guy, I don't know how he didn't win the Heisman that year. Um that was probably the most uh spectacular college football player I've seen in person in my life, just how quick that guy was. He's oh. fun to watch unless you're on the sideline and playing against him. And, and then it yeah. hurts a little bit. <laughs> yeah, he is a machine. So um what did I ask you to, um, I always think it's really interesting to hear about uh, the leadership group, uh, the players that get named to that and um, really take us all as fans and into what the leadership group does, um, how you get chosen for that. And um, if you enjoyed being a part of it. Yeah, so that, I mean, you know, it encompasses everything, not just the play on the field, but off-season workouts and, you know, just being on time and doing things right and, you know, academics, all that kind of stuff. Um, So, shoot, I'm getting old. This was a while ago. Um, So I I honestly don't even remember who was all on our our leadership team. But anyway. You're not old. Come on. What are you like? Not even 30 yet, barely? (laughs) I'm getting there. You're ridiculous. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're cutting out just a little bit, Jake. There you go. You're back. Adam? Yep, I can hear you. Shoot. Yeah, I can't hear you, but if you can hear me. me Yep, yep, yep. Keep going. I can hear you. All right, man. Uh, sorry, you're frozen. But um, yeah, so it was just a cool experience. You know, obviously getting voted into that. You got guys that are younger than you that are looking up to you and you, know, you kind of help out guys that are struggling or or whatnot. So it was really cool to be a part of. And, and obviously that was right before I had got injured. Um, so it was just a, a cool experience being able to be someone like that on where we went that that senior year of ours okay awesome yeah it seems like we're getting like it's glitchy right now i don't know if it's me or if it's you or what's going on but well it's good thing because we only got one question left so we'll ask you this jake um if you have any great behind the scenes stories when it comes to like the practice or the locker room or just interacting with the guys, something that like an average fan wouldn't know about that we might get a kick out of. We've heard some good ones in the past. Uh, Like, like I told you, I'm not a very good storyteller, so I don't want to tell a story and totally screw it up. Um, But um, 
I'd say behind the scenes, like I said, you know, being in. Oh, looks like we lost Jake there. Um, we'll give him here a second here to see if, if he pops back in or if he, um, if we've lost him completely. Looks like he's pretty far north up in Michigan. Yeah, we lost him completely. So Jake is pretty far north up in Michigan um, doing some fishing. Oh, he's back. Let's see if he is able to get um, logged back in here. Nope. All right. Well, Jake's having some internet issues. That kind of that thing happens all the time with um, this internet streaming stuff that we do today. So, everybody, thanks for listening, and hopefully, we get a win this weekend up in Indianapolis against the Michigan Wolverines, and we'll have a Big Ten championship to celebrate. So, we'll uh, try to bring Jake back here some uh, some other time and talk to him a little bit more. All right, guys, go Hawks! <laughs>